Look at the energy sector, for example. Yeah, look at smart grids. There you have the perfect decentralized system with its uh, challenges out there. Um, and the sector coupling, which is more, was just more interesting when you uh, combine mobility and the energy sector, yeah, electromobility or the cars using the smart grids and feeding them with energy and, or, and vice versa. If you look at the industry, uh, which needs the mobility, the smart city, the smart traffic, which everything comes together on one basic level. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Frontier Talk, the world's first podcast on decentralized identity. I'm Raj Hegde, and in this little space that we've got going, we explore magic. Joining me on the pod today is a technology magician who has broken new ground in building cognitive software solutions for mobility. He is a seasoned professional with years of leadership experience in IoT development and has delivered several talks on the Internet of Things. Here to share his take on the machine economy and the applications of decentralized IoT networks, Peter Bush, DLT product owner at Bosch. Peter, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Raj. Likewise. Talk a little bit about these fascinating topics. Absolutely. Look forward to learning a lot today. Um, so you've established yourself as a leading product strategist in the blockchain vertical. I'm curious to know what um, originally drove you to specialize in the space. Yeah, right. I think that has to do a little bit with my background. Uh, you already talked a little bit about it. Hey, I'm a computer scientist, work uh, years and years uh, regarding the upcoming IoT technologies. And on the other side, I have an MBA. So I always looked as well on the economical side and I'm a, a huge fan of business modeling and really understand where we can really earn money with that. So uh, it was not really far to look into cryptocurrency, starting with this, and then looking on the other side, on the tech side of this, where, we, where we've seen there's much more than just Bitcoin or Ethereum on that side. And so I just uh, put these things together, uh, like on the cryptocurrency side, like on the other economy of things stuff uh, side. And it uh, turned out that it was really a great coincidence that like four years ago, we started a very huge strategic project at Bosch called Economy of Things. And there I'm the product owner for mobility. All the mobility use cases in Bosch would has, which has to do with Economy of Things. And so there I am. Brilliant. Um, this intersection of technology and business most certainly inspires me. And we'll also deep dive on the business models of the future uh, later on in the podcast. Um, mm -hmm. You mentioned about the Economy of Things project. Could you perhaps double click on what the Economy of Things project is and your responsibilities as product owner of DLT initiatives at Bosch? Yeah, right. Um, so this is a quite um, unique uh, uh, enterprise that we have here. Uh, at this, we have a, a, a certain uh, kind of project at Bosch, very huge strategic ones, which deal with very, very unique new technologies where we need, really need much more expertise, people, budget, and all that stuff. And so we uh, discovered this, all these decentralized technologies, and we thought this needs to be worked on on a very broad basis. Right. And um, those of you maybe who know a little bit about Bosch, know that we are very, very have a very broad portfolio. And so we are very active and market leaders worldwide in uh, mobility, 
in industry technologies and in building technologies, consumer goods, power tools, you all know the drills and all that stuff uh, from Bosch. And so there's a lot of different, different areas here. And when we said, okay, when the IoT, the internet of things is really coming, then what we need, really need is means of how can they not only communicate with each other, how can they do business with each other? And this is really one very interesting thought. If you think about, and this is my specific part in that project, when you have more, uh, vehicles in the future, which are driving autonomously, for example, through smart cities, they need to do a lot on uh, their own. Yeah, They need to uh, meet uh, uh, some decisions, what, what kind of road I take, what is the shortest way to the next charging station and all the other stuff that we need to have in the future. And this for, therefore, we need technologies. We need to have a means of paying digitally for as well, uh, for example. This needs to be very, very secure. It needs to be safe for the drivers as well in the car. And all that together, there you need these new technologies. And this is my main responsibility again in this project, where we have as my responsibility in the mobility area, we have product owners for industry, product owners for energy, product owners for consumer goods. And all in all, like almost 50 people are now working on these topics all over Bosch, which have this broad strategic um, uh, uh, view on all these new technology coming up and where does this uh, uh, go into our products and services of the future. Right. I hope we have a connected, safe and autonomous future like the background you have today behind you. Um, and for our audience, could you perhaps um, switch back and, and define your notion of decentralized identity? Um, how is it different from identity as we know it today? Yeah. And actually, this is our main priority these days, looking at decentralized identities. And when I say decentralized, this of course is the main topic of the whole project, yeah, decentralized systems, um, where it is very, very important to say that to these days we have a lot of central or centralistic systems, and therefore as well monopolistic systems. So if you look at these platforms, with when you see, when you look into the social media areas, when you look in, in all the marketing, all the data which is around there, all on central uh, and privately hold uh, platforms. And this is a huge uh, danger for the future because you have lots of lock-in effects. You have lots of uh, centralistic monopolistic effects here and you have more and more unfair markets out there. And when it now comes to all the other devices which will could be connected, and one of the major visions of our company is all our products, all our services will be connected in the future. Yeah? Not only as well exchanging data, but as well exchanging values. Then you need to have another means of a decentralized marketplace. That means no one, no one intermediary in the background has have all the control. So all the control points which are there on all the critical ones when it comes to um, exchange of identity, where you have to authenticate, authorize yourself to consume in a, any service in the Internet of Things. There you need a really safe and secure means of identity. This is, for my means, today not possible on these central uh, systems. Of course, they are trustful ones. They are really, they promise you everything. However, as we all know, uh, things happen and then you have breaches, then you have hackers, then you have maybe as well other interesting business models on the other side, yeah, which use our data for anything else. Therefore, we need some decentralized system. We need another covenants here as well. Yeah, we need to be 
uh, able to have control of our own data, but as well have a fair markets where other control their data and come to a fair exchange. And this is something which is happening on decentralized systems these days. And therefore, of course, you need decentralized identities. Right. Um, for our audience, be sure to stick around till the end of this part because uh, we will explore platforms and its implications on a wide range of industries uh, later on. Um, um, a follow-up to your, your point, um, in the last episode with DocSelts, we, we discussed issues about the identity status quo, um, referring to centralized federated identities. Um, how do you see this confrontation between centralized and decentralized forms of identity um, playing out? Uh, is there room for coexistence? Uh, definitely, I think so. Uh, because when I talk about decentralized or the, the, the importance of decentralized identities, I talk about the areas where we definitely need these, where it comes to security, safety, uh, critical systems, where we definitely need um, these decentralized systems, which might get a little bit more expensive, more technology um, 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 complicated maybe, and they are as well not there yet. Yeah, So we have to develop there. And so we have to live, of course, with the central uh, identities these days, but uh, they, need to have a, they need to be a coexistence. Uh, because, of course, uh, you have still central platforms, which makes absolutely sense. Yeah, We have these cloud platforms, and though the central identities in some places make sense. However, as I said before, uh, we need to have a, a, a very good, um, a smart coexistence of both areas here. Right. We are surrounded by a proliferation of, of, of machines and devices. And as a result of, of that, there has been quite a lot of talk about this concept called machine economy, which sheds light on how machines will interact and transact with each other. Your toaster could interact and transact with your fridge and so on and so forth. So, so I'm curious to know, uh, what could this machine economy look like? Uh, well, it really makes sense to talk about economy of things or economy of machines is when you look in industry, when you have to optimize um, your machines, uh, then really you have some kind of communication. What kind of raw materials do I know? What about the quality of the, the last series of my products? What happened there? And so it happened to be that I uh, was in my former life, I was a Six Sigma black belt. Right. So there we looked a lot on the quality, on the measurements of quality. And uh, so how can you really use the, the statistics yeah, to find out where are the best uh, procedures, where are the problems, where are the failures? And in the new days, now we have enough data to do that. And then you can do it uh, automatically, technically with mechanisms, with algorithms. And therefore you need much data on the one side, but on the other side, you need, you need uh, monetary incentives to do so. Mm -hmm. and this, when we bring that together, then machines can really talk to each other, pay each other for the services that they do now, and uh, really use the statistics, use these new algorithms. And then we get a much better optimization of these processes without uh, human um, interactions there. Right. Um, and as a result of this data, um, what are the, the types of business models that could be made possible by, by, such, a, by such a machine economy? Um, right. Uh, in terms of business model, really, uh, what is really interesting is that we talk about digital currencies here as well, or tokens, for example, utility token, all these other forms of digital currencies, digital money. 
and there as well, um, we are not really there yet. However, when you look into the um, to the markets these days, what's happening with tokenization, there is a very, very new field of uh, new ways of earning money here because you can really sell data, buy data in, in these areas where, which is today in, in this more, I, I would say, uh, pre-IoT world is very difficult and very unsafe and very untrustworthy. In the future, we will have exactly new uh, ideas, new models, new uh, areas where you can do business within machines, which page other and exact, uh, absolutely new business models here. I can talk about too much about our own business models that we are explain, uh, developing here because it's just too new and it's our secret how we earn money. Mm. Right. Um, and I'd like to perhaps deep dive on this, this uh, these two worlds, one the pre-IoT and the other the post-IoT world. Now, now, building products for a certain stakeholder requires a clear understanding of their needs. So if you're a consumer company like say Facebook or Twitter, you need to clearly understand what the needs of users and humans are, so to say. Um, speaking about humans, we all know of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, and a lot of your products are centered around machines and devices. Um, so I'm curious to know, what are the needs of machines to make such a machine economy a reality? So how do you build applications centered around machines, so to say? Yeah, um, don't don't get me wrong here. I do not talk about these absolutely autonomous systems where no human is included anymore. Um, behind any machine, any uh, machine communication, there is a human algorithm. There's a human uh, programming it. Right. So of course we will have influences of a human interaction here, uh, where it makes sense. And as well, we have uh, these areas of uh, UX, yeah, user experience stuff, where you have all these interaction with humans, uh, where where we need one. And of course, we we are uh, we have to take care here. And these uh, a lot of people are in the in the communities really are uh, saying this will get really dystopic future if you go only the robotic way, yeah. And we have to avoid that, of course. So what we are building at Bosch really is. And this is one. This is our slogan: Yeah, technology for the user, for the for the humans. Yeah, and so the machine on the one side is really a cool thing. Yeah, and if they communicate and make business with each other, is even better. Mm-hmm. However, the human is still in the middle of all. Yeah, and of as well in the middle of the business models. So we want to earn money, of course, with this. However, we need to make the the people in using that happy. Yeah, to, to uh, be able to live with it. Okay, um, so we spoke broadly about uh, different business models and applications potentially made possible by decentralized identity. Uh, but the question remains: Why now? Because the technology is getting is getting um, more advanced now. It's getting developed. Um, um, it's getting more mature. Yeah. So, and we're still at the beginning of it. And. Uh, what, another very interesting effect now is happening that more and more companies, communities, and as well governments uh, learn that you can't do that alone. So more and more the, the idea of uh, collaboration comes into play, the huge movements of open source and open data comes into play. And so when everything is coming more together and work together and then exchange even more data, then you need, of course, again, these new types of governance, these new types of technologies enabling that. However, mm-hmm. giving you a new, uh, a new area of uh, collaboration. 
And then we come to a part which we call coopetition. So this is a, a, an artificial word of competition and collaboration. Yeah. First, you need the collaboration, work together, and then you have your own business model, your competition part of it. So if this works perfectly together, then everyone gets in a perfect ecosystem, yeah, if everything works fine. <laughs> and then everyone has his, its role in this ecosystem, earn its money, learn its money. Absolutely. Um, I actually wrote my, my thesis on competition. And uh, for our audience, um, if anyone is interested in learning more about the role of competition in platforms, please check out uh, the first episode of uh, the podcast with uh, Dr. Harry Behrens, where we did a deep dive on, on this concept, so to say. Um, I really like competition as well. I know. I'm <laughs> yeah, hopefully we do great things together. Um, so, um, Listening to your points, um, there is a quote from 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 French philosopher Paul Virilio that comes to mind, where he says that when you invent the ship, you also invent the shipwreck, and when you invent the plane, you also invent the plane crash. The same with um, electricity and electrocution. Um, every technology carries its own disadvantage or negativity, so to say, um, yeah. which is invented at the same time as technical progress. So my question to you is. What are some of the challenges you face in in bringing decentralized initiatives to market? Yeah, right. That's that's a very important point um, because I said it in the beginning. The first priority in our products is safety, safety of the user, and safety of the inhabitant, the safety of the driver, and any, anything like that. So when we talk about these uh, these decentral automated systems. The, the, the most important part of that is the governance, that it, it, it uh, all the rules and all the regulations, how it, it's going to work. And if you find out any of any of a problem or danger in, in using that, then of course we have to think twice. And we have a lot of lot of testing, verification, validation steps before we put it on the road. Mm-hmm. And even in decentralized systems, you have a much higher um, the duty to find out, okay, where is now, because you don't have the, the, the central governance part, yeah, who does it all, but you may have uh, uh, spread over different uh, parts. And even more, it's if you have a system, a complex system, then and it's more complicated. And absolutely, this is the one danger in the decentralized systems that you have to be even smarter yeah, to, with your testing and validation steps. And we are aware of that. And we have put a lot of, lot of effort in the first steps here. Brilliant. Um, let's shift gears now and explore platforms and network effects. Um, so you're developing applications for for devices and machines predominantly in the mobility space. And the mobility industry, as you might know, is is pretty fragmented. We have a large number of scooter operators, ride-hailing platforms, car-sharing platforms, all competing together in, in one sh- shared urban space, so to say. Um, and with more players coming in, uh, we also expect to have more identities at play. So, so my question to you is, um, what role does decentralized identity have to play in this industry? Yeah, that's really one of the favorite parts of mine. Because okay. um, when you look at the, uh, you said itself, um, the, diffract, the fragmented uh, markets of charging, for example, in the mm-hmm. immobility space, when you look at the fragmented space of parking in the cities, this is a huge uh, complex system at the moment and you've just too much um, providers there and you can't really find a, a really a, a very good way on how to charge your car and how to park your car and all that stuff. Correct. And there you have even more and more examples coming up in the IoT. 
So in decentralized systems, what you get is a new level on the internet, which, how I see it. Now, when you look at the different levels or levels of the internet, you have another one, which is trust, which is maybe as well the decentralized governance part uh, over there. And there, of course, you then have really the idea of what is a play, what kind of uh, decentralized governance you have there. And then you have all the defragmented uh, new possibilities that everyone, every new provider takes the same standardized modules, standardized uh, libraries, standardized uh, modules or methods to use for its, uh, for its service um, that you want to use. So you do not have all different uh, uh, providers with their own payment systems, with their own order systems and all uh, uh, lock in this uh, information stuff. So you have only one standardized system, yeah, which uses all the same. So you always lock into the same system. You always have the same payment system, of course, in the perfect world, which we will have maybe in five to 10 years when the network's really uh, able to do that. However, all the fragmented stuff that you see at, at the moment at the market will come together in one huge thing. As you can see, if you go now into internet, yeah, you type in your words, what you are looking, it's just in the command line in your browser, and then you find stuff. When you looked at the beginning of the internet, yeah, you had several different browsers. Yeah, You had to find your own browser, you had to find your own search engine, you had to find a thing. So everything was as well fragmented and you couldn't uh, exactly know, okay, which search engine should I now use to find the best results? Mm -hmm. Today, this is one interesting uh, thing of course, okay, this goes into negative effect now because you only find that what other paid for. <laughs> so this is now the negative effect of that. However, if you, if you look at it as a, a huge one standardized systems, then the fragmented uh, status will come back to one uh, usable system again. Mm -hmm. um, a follow-up question to that would be, well, you earlier mentioned that no one wants to be a part of a, a centralized monopolistic platform. So right. my question to you is along the lines of competition. So is it possible for multiple parties to not just come together, but also operate in a decentralized manner? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I said it several times now. Governance is here the, the magic word. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you really need these regulations, these rules, which come with these different uh, regulation styles, which are um, which is built in in your algorithms. Yeah, to right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So that you really uh, can be sure that everything is handled the way you want it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, you can work in it, you can operate it, and uh, of course, at the, these times there are several ones. Yeah, and we not exactly know which ones is the best, which one is the most efficient one, but we are working on that as well. Right, um, and to add to that, uh, Bosch is a part of multiple consortia, be it uh, Lissy, Gaia X. Um, yeah. So, are, are partnerships key to unlocking revenue opportunities in the decentralized space? Definitely. As I said before, you can't do it alone anymore. Mm -hmm. And you need these communities. And especially like, let's see, like uh, ID Union, which is called now, mm -hmm. uh, like Gaia X, Catena X, all these communities uh, only focusing at the moment at Europe. However, this need to be done worldwide uh, in the future. Okay. Or, uh, you need a complete industry working on this standardized level, what I said, what you need have in the internets of the future. And therefore, any um, industry, any government needs to work on that as well. So there will be no one, hopefully, no one global private company who is controlling that all. Mm -hmm. The danger is there yet, yeah, still. So uh, we, I'm not quite sure how, where, uh, who will succeed, 
but we we hope and uh, for the for the, the mankind of course that sounds a little bit pathetically now however we need centralized decentralized systems here to have these fair markets to have these uh, uh, or the impossibilities for everyone to take part and not on the control of one party in the background right and could you perhaps share some uh, insider insights on 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 the workings within these consortia is it more to do with with knowledge sharing is it more to do with building a suite of applications that were not possible in the world that we live today what yeah. could you could you share some insights on on what, on what goes on i think one of the most interesting effects uh, there is really bringing together all different levels of uh, corporations here mm-hmm. you have these very small startups you have these uh, little companies uh, which make the the, the major uh, industrial um, part of a country but you have as well the big corporates there they need to work together somehow so you have the agility you have the, the very fast development on the, from the smaller companies and you have the stable very old and very very working and safe environments of the corporates and this co- come together makes a really interesting fit of course it's not easy yeah to bring these different cultures together uh, it makes it more interesting and um myself i'm i'm just um developing planning a huge project in gaiax as a consortial lead and there i already see we have like 20 partners there from really small ones to big ones and this is it makes it's really fun yeah to bring them all together to work mm-hmm. with them and to see what kind of different technologies really are now usable together and the other very very interesting effect is um so it's uh, when we as as bosch talk to another tier one to another supplier then we have our lawyer with us yeah because it's really hard to to talk to them because of competition uh, rules mm-hmm. or regulations all that stuff uh, but in a consortia you have all these regulations already behind you and you can work together you are you are really that is the, the main focus here is work together and, and work on uh, common solutions here and this exactly this is what us what is then enabling us to come up with these new technologies new solutions um right so a follow up uh, question to your point is that new industries are fragmented uh, and consolidate as they mature um there are multiple platforms out there in the decentralized identity space as we just alluded to um is it a case of too many cooks spoil the broth and when do you see the ecosystem eventually maturing and hopefully consolidating of course there's this danger definitely and so it's um really interesting how really to work together and what comes out how i think the chance uh, the opportunities are bigger than the risks here and we have to try it and uh, so the times are over that anyone could try it themselves in their own silo mm-hmm. and so we really uh, are uh, we need to come together but of course we had these numbers like uh, it shouldn't be more than 30 partners together yeah okay. and maybe as well we need to have an uh, a really a uh, balance of the smaller ones and the bigger ones and the uh, industry and the uh, science uh, uh, companies and so on so this is very important what how the setup looks like of such a community definitely okay um and how do you address the very famous chicken and egg problem in network effects uh, so say you're part of a consortia uh, do you focus on strengthening the supply side or or do you focus on the on the demand side Oh yeah that's a very interesting question um since i think uh, everything is really about to change in decentralized systems 
So we have exactly, and this is one very important part in my project now, we have a very interesting uh, um, university working with us here, talking exactly about these risks and dangers and thinking about new roles in ecosystems. So what is really now their role in the decentralized systems? What uh, does the governance play for, for kind of role? And what are really the classic roles compared with the new ones? And uh, really just to a little bit solve this chicken neck problem, uh, we are set up uh, not only developing this technology, but as well, just more importantly, how to work together with these new systems in the future. Yeah? And we're not quite sure how this will work out. Uh, we are just at the beginning of it. Right. Uh, could you perhaps share the name of the university? Because we like to to put such heroes or institutions at the forefront on this podcast. Yeah, it's it's a very well-known uh, uh, private university. It's the Zeppelin University. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, from uh, the Bodensee. What is the English word for Bodensee? Uh, Lake Constance, I think. Ah, okay. Brilliant. By Constance. Lake, right. So right. near Switzerland, correct? It's exactly. It's a beautiful lake, beautiful surrounding. Yeah, I love to be there. And this, this university really specializes in these uh, economic roles and the role mm -hmm. model, the role systems. And there we would like to, they have a, a huge part of the project and we need to look at this governance system, which is as well part already of my project at Bosch, where we looked at these uh, typical roles. But I think together with the scientific, more scientific views here, uh, then we can go even a few steps further. Right. We also know that um, the university is backed by a large uh, institution here in Germany. Um, anyways, that serves as the perfect segue to my next question, which is why should organizations take decentralized initiatives uh, seriously? And in the case of Bosch, you just mentioned that Bosch covers a wide surface area of industries. So can decentralized identity be used for applications beyond, say, mobility? What's your take on this? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we even started with other areas first. Uh, look at the energy sector, for example. Yeah, look at smart grids. There you have the perfect decentralized system with its uh, challenges out there. Um, and the sector coupling, which is more, was just more interesting when you uh, combine mobility and the energy sector, yeah, electromobility, all the cars using the smart grids and feeding them with energy and, or, and vice versa. If you look at the industry, uh, which needs the mobility, the smart city, the smart traffic, which everything comes together on one basic level. So you, you need really the combination of all these industries and, and coming together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is really the, the, the interesting thing when you look into the future, when everything is connected and we can't stop this anymore. Yeah. It's not our vision that we only want to connect it. It's already happening. And, and the, even another very interesting point here is when we get more and more intelligence of uh, yeah, like AI, machine learning stuff and all that, this even needs more controlling and more uh, governance as well. Yeah. So mm. this is really puts some some more level of challenge in it, I guess. Right. And do you think there is a potential marriage on the cards between, say, blockchain or decentralized identity and AI? Are they closely interlinked? Absolutely, right, yeah. There are already uh, companies out there who are actually doing that. Yeah? Oh, brilliant. And uh, so um, this is really so interesting because when you look at these decentralized systems, you need, of course, some kind of smart systems uh, using and, and controlling and managing data which is flowing around. Mm -hmm. And as well, where to use which node in which governance and uh, talk about uh, tokenization, yeah? This is very, very complex um, areas as well. 
And one very important thing here, uh, when you talk about, oh, this could be a known podcast, talk about uh, collaborative learning, for example. Yeah, there you have really lots of new uh, technologies, interesting things where you learn out of masses of data, use these learned stuff and use it for your systems to develop them even further and mm -hmm. uh, get new new connections and new possibilities uh, to, to do stuff out there. Right. Could you perhaps double click on this concept of collaborative learning and perhaps um, if you could apply it to your own experience at Bosch when it comes to, say, right. onboarding new employees or building a culture around innovation and getting employees up to speed on decentralized identity. Could you share your experience? Yeah, exactly. When, when I say collaborative learning, I really mean not the human side of it, but more the machine, the algorithmic side of it. So look at the uh, the smart charging areas. So where you need to find the optimal route from point A to B, there you need a lot of a lot of new points of uh, knowledge. What is not only the shortest way, but maybe what is the traffic undergoing? What is the the specific um, construction site situation there? What is uh, the price effect there, and so on and so on. And so if you have always this very interesting information and learned out of it, how these develop through the week, how through the month or the year. And then you learn when is what the best route. And this knowledge comes into models and you use these models uh, with old data, with new data and always dynamically learning new stuff and uh, get the best route and the best optimistic route. Um, and so this is of course something you would pay for because when I'm here in a certain time on the weekend, I would really go very fast to that, uh, to that quite uh, nice place. And like 10,000 other people would like to do the same. We know mm. where, where this ends. And if I get now the best route of all, yeah, and be there before the others do, then I'm, a, then I'm really able to pay a little bit more money with it. And these models, these very smart models get therefore more valuable, the more data they learned. So this is collaborative in that sense that they use a lot of different sources, use a lot of different systems uh, who sell maybe the data and this model themselves now gets more and more valuable to users and as well more valuable to earn money with it, of course, in the later, in the later sense. So this, because that is just with this one um, uh, use case here, when you need to go to the next charging station, you can think of a lot of other very interesting use cases using these techniques. Right. So to anyone watching this podcast, uh, as Peter said, the opportunity is ripe. There are a wide range of ways in which oh, yeah. you could you could contribute on this journey towards digitization by either starting up or if you're part of a consortia or an organization to basically kickstart uh, an initiative that 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 capitalizes on such opportunities. And uh, my next question would be a follow up to that, which is so I'm interested in, say, kickstarting a new initiative in the decentralized space. So if I'm an employee at an organization, what can I do to say, get buy-in from senior management? So what can I do uh, to make this a reality, so to say? Uh, yeah, this is what I have to learn the hard way as well. In my okay. <laughs> right. You need a lot of, yeah, you need a lot of uh, um, adult education. Yeah. Okay. So you need to talk about it all the time. You need to try to explain it simple words 
and it's quite hard. <laughs> you, you you experience it in during our talk here. Absolutely, it's hard to really explain it. Yeah, mm -hmm. but the new opportunities are so fantastic. So I, I sense that several times now, some of my top managers were really um, flushed back. They say, "Wow, really? What what is that for, for an interesting new future? Go for it! Yeah, do it." Okay. However, it's only this needs like three, four, five times. Yeah, <laughs> then then uh, you, they got it. So all the time, talk about it, learn learn yourself uh, how to uh, explain it in an easy way, and look uh, look into the in the challenges, of course, and in the opportunities and try to find easy words to explain them. Right. So simple as that. Build your storytelling skills and keep persevering. You will be successful. Um, right. And um, so say you've launched a project within, within your company. Um, is there a KPI or a metric that you track to measure success of a certain project? Uh, definitely. Yeah, of course, there are several ones. Uh, of course, you always have to have the business model in mind. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, when are you getting what milestone? Of course, yeah. When can you see which, which, when the market is developing for that? When the user is really accepting it, and all these different um, uh, metrics that you have out there, which are already quite known. And I think in the new decentralized systems, you get even more or new metrics here. Yeah. Okay. Like how much, uh, what, what is the network effect is developing like in a decentralized system? How much users do you not only have on one platform, but how much users, for example, can now use the new decentralized systems, yeah? maybe alongside the central systems and so on. Because on the central system, it's quite easy. You are the owner, the more users you have, the better. <laughs> uh, decentralized systems, it's, it's a little bit different. There you have to look a little bit about the, what are really the, the advantages to use a decentralized system. Yeah, what, what is the, the really advantage to not use a central one, mm -hmm. to make more, more uh, abilities or more uh, possibilities now with decentralized systems compared to the central and so on. And so these are very, very interesting uh, uh, research topics as well. Okay, right. Um, and what is the area of innovation that Peter Bush is spending most of his time wrestling with at the moment? Um, really, I think um, uh, explaining these topics, yeah, okay. really convincing people uh, to be open to understand it and to show them these new possibilities and as well the risks of not doing these yeah, and going so uh, as we did before. And then look maybe in the more dystopic uh, scenarios that we can go to. Right. I hope this podcast was a good platform in a sense to put your word out <laughs> to people so. who might be doubting it. Um, and, and to wrap things up, uh, where do you see decentralized identity going in the future? Um, I see since we have really this, this promising new community um, uh, activities now, um, I think this will get a broad development, scalable, standardized system, at least in Europe. We start with that. And I think it will go on worldwide. And uh, in a few years' time, you have this new Internet of Things using these decentralized systems. That's why I see my product visions there as well and all my services and all that. Right. Fingers crossed, Peter. Uh, right. It's now time for the best part of the show. This round is called Frontier Fire, where I put my guests on the spot with a series of rapid fire questions. So the question is, Peter, are you ready for the challenge? Right. Try. Perfect. Let's go. Uh, what's your mantra in life? Never stop learning new things and practice them a lot. Okay. Uh, describe your take on Bitcoin in one word. Revolution. 
Okay. Um, a book you would recommend to our audience? Um, I read one thing in the last time, which was, apart from these technologies, uh, His Dark Materials, Philip Pullman. A very, very new world, a new look on these words. All right. I'll definitely add that to, to my reading list. Um, what is the best piece of career or business advice that you've received? Um, again, like the first one. Um, be open for new uh, initiatives and try to convince your managers to go in that direction. Okay. And what's your vision for the Economy of Things project at Bosch? Um, yeah, building up this EOT, this Economy of Things ecosystems, um, as maybe really an alternative to these uh, existing hyperscaler models. Okay. And a person who inspires you and why? Um, a very specific as well, my martial arts trainer who is like uh, in the middle of his 70s and is still doing like hundreds push-ups a day or so. That's, that's incredible. <laughs> and finally, what's your advice to anyone listening to this podcast? Um, again, yeah, I can just repeat myself. Um, if you hear about this new stuff, um, be open, learn about it, learn about it and learn about it and then convince others to do so. Right. On that note, Peter, I'd like to thank you for your time and hope that this conversation has given our audience a strong insight on the intersection of IoT and decentralized identity. I hope to see a lot more of your work coming to fruition and wish you and your team at Bosch the very best of luck in accelerating the future of mobility. Thanks, Peter. Thank you very much. Had fun to do it. That was Peter Bush. Peter will be at the European Identity and Cloud Conference, EIC, so be sure to get your tickets via the link in the description box below. I hope you enjoyed this conversation that dabbled around IoT, the machine economy, mobility, and also looked at how decentralized identity fits into this picture. If you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to share this with anyone who might find this information useful. And please, 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 list your comments down in the comment section because as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, you know, we explore magic here and we want to get better at this and we can only do so by, by getting your feedback. So, so please go on and share your thoughts. Until next time, this is me, Raj Hegde, signing off and I look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Frontier Talk as we redefine the I in identity. Stay safe.